May you this day be blessed. Hi there, I'm Sister Catherine Herms and thank you for joining me today as we explore the love that is the heart of the world and the work of the heart that helps us become this love and discover it in the world so that all the world becomes to us like the miraculous burning bush. We have been invisibly stamped with the signature the seal of the God who bends over us with such tenderness. I call this work of the heart, heart work. Heart work exists because people realize they've come to a place in their life where they, they want spiritual direction. Maybe there are too many options, or maybe there seems to be no options at all. Perhaps they have new eyes to see, or perhaps they're longing for this new sight. Some have touched the sunrise within their soul and want more. Others are longing for this spiritual gift. Sometimes our hearts are filled with nagging questions that run like background music in our life. Do I matter to God? Does God see me? Does God hear me? Does God get what's happening to me and what it means? In heart work, we answer the essential question, who am I now in this situation of my life and in these relationships? To learn more about heart work and what God has led me to do in the world, or just to stay in touch, visit touchingthesunrise.com. 2020 has been a year so far that has called me to C-O-N-V-E-R-S-I-O-N, conversion. COVID-19, which has swept across the world, months of isolation, loss of so much ministry that had been built up by so many of my sisters, the breaking open of the tragic wound of racism and the violence that has filled our streets. Nothing is as we expected. Everything has been a surprise. This moment alone is the entry into the still point of presence, of God's presence, of the present, of the heart presence where wisdom lies. When I think of conversion, my soul flies first to the conversion of my father, St. Paul, on his way to Damascus to carry out what he thought was what was supposed to happen. God met him. God, in a sense, threw him from the horse of his plans, of his ambition, of his uh, self-righteousness, of his prideful protagonism. God had something different in mind for him. On that road to Damascus, something unexpected happened. Everything was a surprise. The moment that moment was the entry point where Jesus could slip into his heart. I had my plans for 2020. We all did. Right now, I can't even remember what they were. Can you? They almost seem unimportant or trivial, like I had spent a lot of my time about a lot of things that, well, from today's vantage point, don't seem all that important, 
Either I learned I could live without what once I felt entitled to have or do, or I discovered how quickly the conversation and plans could change. I've discovered after many long mornings with extra time to pray and reflect that I want something different, that I don't like normal anymore. I took the isolated weeks to as much as I could rediscover solitude, to recover from my fragmented craziness, and to be razor sharp about what I believe is God's call for me going forward. The onion skin of failures, hurts, memories, beliefs, desires have started to fall away and the beauty of the inward fountain that leaps up to eternal life is nourishing once again my soul. Paul had his plans also. He was a good man. He was well-intentioned. He thought he was doing the right thing. And really, we all are well-intentioned. But the music of our life sometimes can be a bit out of harmony or distorted, perhaps flat or out of tune. When Jesus bursts into our life, we are surprised. Like Paul, we may feel blinded by what we discover or hear or sense. These threshold moments allow us to to step into our souls, to be overcome by the vision of the Almighty, bending low to bring us gently into his embrace, his plan, his tender forgiveness that, that wipes away the normal and create something we could never have imagined. Paul could never have planned out his life in the way it turned out. Think of the journeys, the struggles, the visions, the theology, the imprisonments, the communities he founded, and his final witness to Jesus. I remember remaining a whole afternoon at Trefontaine outside Rome where I prayed before the pillar that is said to be where Paul was beheaded. Paul slipped into my heart that afternoon, his spirit, his courage, the mystic orchestra of his entire being that was captured by the love of Jesus. Yes, only Jesus could have surprised Paul with a change so complete, so beautiful, so graced, a life that that would bless every Christian till the end of time. Another person I think of when I consider conversion is St. Augustine. While Paul speaks of blindness until the moment of his baptism, Augustine tells us of being overcome with light in the innermost places of his being. I have experienced, as I am sure have you, this blindness when we are for a time knocked off course by something until we find ourselves moved into a life like Paul that can only be of God's design. But I've also experienced, as have you, this overwhelming light when I knew that within me is the one who is above me, the one who made me, the one who loves me. Augustine describes it this way in his Confessions. Urged to reflect upon myself, I entered under your guidance into the inmost depth of my soul. 
I was able to do so because you were my helper. On entering into myself, I saw, as it were with the eye of the soul, what was beyond the eye of the soul, beyond my spirit, your immutable light. This light was above me because it has made me. I was below it because I was created by it. He who has come to know the truth knows this light. O eternal truth, true love, and beloved eternity, you are my God. To you do I sigh day and night. When I first came to know you, you drew me to yourself so that I might see that there were things for me to see, but that I myself was not yet ready to see them. Meanwhile, you overcame the weakness of my vision, sending forth most strongly the beams of your light. And I trembled at once with love and dread. I learned that I was in a region unlike yours and far distant from you. And I thought I heard your voice from on high saying, I am the food of grown men. Grow then and you will feed on me. Nor will you change me into yourself like bodily food, but you will be changed into me. And then Augustine seems to cry out in ecstasy, these words that we all know so well. Late have I loved you, O beauty ever ancient, ever new. Late have I loved you. You were within me, but I was outside. And it was there that I searched for you. In my unloveliness, I plunged into the lovely things which you created. You were with me, but I was not with you. Created things kept me from you. Yet, if they had not been in you, they would not have been at all. You called, you shouted, and you broke through my deafness. You flashed, you shone, and you dispelled my blindness. You breathed your fragrance on me. I drew in breath, and now I pant for you. I have tasted you, and now I hunger and thirst for more. You touched me, and I burned for your peace. Both St. Paul and St. Augustine knew that their experience of conversion, their experience of God, was not meant for them alone. And neither is our conversion, our experience of God, meant for us alone. They and we are positioned, in a, in a sense, on the world stage to play our part in the drama of God's heart and each person's eternal salvation. Here are some quotes that I've been reflecting on from both St. Paul and St. Augustine in these deeply disturbing times. The words of these great converts that strengthened me as a witness to Christ as they were before me in world's turbulence as it plays out today. Be strong in the Lord. This is a quote from St. Paul that we find in the letter to the Ephesians. And I love this quote because he helps us to see how we need to take on the armor of the Spirit. St. Paul says, Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. 
Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we are not contending against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against the powers, against the world rulers of this present darkness, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the equipment of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you can quench all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. This next quote from St. Augustine I love. Um, I, I call it, We Are the Times. And very simply he says, Bad times, hard times. This is what people keep saying. But let us live well, and times shall be good. We are the times. Such as we are, such are the times. In another one of his sermons, St. Augustine helps us see how precious each person is. He says, Don't hold yourselves cheap, seeing that the Creator of all things and of you estimates your value so high, so dear, that he pours out for you every day the most precious blood of his only begotten Son. And St. Paul says to us, to, to invite us really to bear our share of suffering for the gospel. And we find this passage in 2 Timothy, where Paul invites us to bear our share of suffering for the gospel. Do not be ashamed, then, of testifying to our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but take your share of suffering for the gospel in the power of God, who saved us and called us with a holy calling, not in virtue of our works, but in virtue of his own purpose and the grace which he gave us in Christ Jesus ages ago, and now has manifested through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. For this gospel, I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and teacher, and therefore I suffer as I do. And finally, these words of St. Paul to the Corinthians in his second letter to the Corinthians. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, and the new is here. No, I, I do not want it to remain the way it was before. No, I don't even want a new normal. I want the new creation. I want justice and peace. I want to fight against the powers of darkness at work in the world. I want to tell everyone how dearly they are loved. I want to be an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Sometimes we can feel as though we were lost in a deep forest where no clear paths are visible. A blend of spiritual guidance, mentorship, and counseling, the Heartwork community is a place where you learn to explore, love, open, and nourish the paradise of your heart, your deep heart, where God is already dwelling within you. You will discover that though you waited for light to appear from outside, the paths of light are imprinted in your heart where the Trinity abides, and we learn to walk them through the valleys and mountaintops of lived experience. Heartwork is a process of accompaniment that honors your story, creates a space in which you can safely explore what is happening with you, gain the tools to come home to your heart where the Trinity is already at work, be recreated by love, and set out again. To learn more about Heartwork and what God has led me to do in the world, or just to stay in touch, visit touchingthesunrise.com.